Hello. I'm Spice. I'm Salty. And here we are. We are traveling through Pleasant Plain, Iowa. Woohoo! Uh, the happening burger, Pleasant Plain. Welcome to the 3BY podcast. We've got a hopefully interesting episode for you as we travel down the highways and byways of the great state of Iowa. Just had lunch in Fairfield, Iowa, which is a unique town. Like no other in Iowa. Like no other in, I don't think, anywhere else in the world. It is the home of many a good old-fashioned Iowa farmer and Maharishi International, where the yogi came to Iowa. So, interesting place. They do have a lot of really good restaurants there. If you're looking for a place to eat in Iowa, and you happen to be in central Iowa somewhere, Fairfield is the place to go. Okay, now we're done with the Iowa Tourism <laughs> Commission's <laughs> unpaid uh, unpaid uh, solicitation section of the podcast, and we're going to go right on to the subject. And the subject for today is all hat, no cattle. All hat, no cattle. I did a post earlier in the uh, a month or so ago, maybe two. I don't remember uh, on the uh, on the site about all hat, no cattle preppers. And a lot of people, I think, get offended when I start talking about all hat, no cattle. Basically, if you've never heard the term, if you're not familiar with it, there's a lot of guys who have can talk the talk. By guys, I don't mean just men. They talk the talk, but they don't really walk the walk. They're what in Texas would be called all hat, no cattle. And uh, our goal is to make you, I don't really care whether you have hat or not. I just Get want you, you to have cattle. Get yourself a cattle herd. There we go. Prepper cattle herd. So we're going to talk about a few uh, fallacies and... uh, Barriers. Barriers, yeah, that we want to uh, transcend and transform and knock on the head a little bit. So stay away. First thing is that something is better than nothing. So start. Don't just think about it. Don't wait for perfection. As... uh, Salty was putting it when we were thinking about this episode. The great is the enemy of the good. That's true. Everybody, everybody wants to be, you know, the best. They want, they want the best. Now, first thing that a lot of preppers think about is food. And uh, we're going to come back to that, which is a very good thing to think about. Because, you know, if you look at our, uh, I'm sorry, those are rumble strips. I'm coming up to an intersection here in the beautiful state of Iowa. There's another rumble strip. So if you're hearing the strange noises coming through the, the microphone, that's what it is. So, Unless it's our ideas. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, we go to Beans. Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You is the name of the website. It's the name of the project. It's the name of the project, the project, uh, the, the webcast, the podcast. Everything we do is all about Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. And each of those four segments is critically important. So... You know, when people think think about prepping, almost exclusively the first thing that most people think about is beans, food, having food on hand. And it's interesting in the prepping community how much there's two kinds, to me, there's two kinds of people. There's preppers and there's people trying to make money off of preppers. (laughs) Now, some, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying this is an evil thing, because this is, this is America. It's America. We're supposed to be making money off each other. That's what we do. Okay, I get off that. But 
seriously, and some of the people who are uh, selling to preppers are themselves preppers. They're part of the community, and I'm not. I'm not trying to to in any way disrespect that, but I think a lot of the people in the vending or the prepping community don't care about anything other than selling stuff. Uh, one of the most highly marketed sections of stuff being sold to preppers is the long-term storage dehydrated food market. You know, there's several different brands out there. There's several different ways that they're being sold. Um, by and large, most of the product is actually pretty good. You can find some reviews from some of those on the website because yeah, we do buy the stuff ourselves and we review some stuff. Right. And, and there's different ways of, there's different ways of, of, of obtaining this. You know, some of it's done through direct marketing. Some of it's done through retail. Some of it's done through, uh, oh, Pyramid schemes. I say they're not really pyramid schemes, but you know what I'm talking about, like the Avon style of marketing. Uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Let's just be polite and call it peer-to-peer -peer marketing. Peer-to-peer -peer marketing, yes. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, some of the product that 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 we have in our storage is is a brand that is sold that way because the product is good and the prices are reasonable. So I'm not in any way disrespecting it. My point being. There's a huge amount of marketing being done on these really expensive products that, while nice, are certainly not necessary for people who want to start putting away some prep food. You don't have to go out and spend $5,000, $6,000, dollars on a year's worth of dehydrated freeze-dried, canned food from one of these companies per person. You know, the, the year supply, the two-year supply. With the 20-year yeah, shelf lives. Yeah, 20-year shelf life for long-term food. Now, there's nothing wrong with this stuff, in my opinion. I, I like it. I have some. But it's not the place to start. No, it's not. I mean, and that's not where we start. We, we gradually have picked some of it up, but we don't have that much of it. Um, so... You can start by just starting. You don't have to save up five, six thousand, seven thousand dollars and write a big check, or heaven forbid, put it on your credit card and pay for it over time. No, it's not. Just don't. There's, there's. Let's just get you started on getting some extra stuff set aside for your family in case of an emergency. And uh, you know, and there's so many different ways to go with this. You can. Um, do what we did. Um, just buy stuff that you eat and buy a little extra. And keep buying a little extra. And if it's, as long as it's stuff that has some shelf life, some reasonable amount of shelf life, like canned stuff, you, you're good to go for years. You just get a system where you take out of the front of the row and replace in the back of the row so the stuff gets rotated and it, none of it gets too old so it doesn't need this huge long shelf life, which is where the expensive stuff comes in. Where this becomes a all hat, no cattle problem is when you, you know it's a big investment to buy the 20-year storage 
months worth of storage for a whole family. So you spend a long time thinking and considering and researching, and that whole time you don't have enough food to tide you over for a week if you got an ice storm. Absolutely. The enemy of the good is the great. It really is. If you're a perfectionist, you don't get it done. So just start by doing something, even if that something is wrong. It's better to be doing something than nothing because you get your energy moving forward. You get the momentum started. I mean, even if you do nothing else but go out and buy a few extra cans of canned ravioli. Spaghetti has a great long shelf life. You know, a few cans of, of canned green beans. Now, I personally don't really care that much for canned green beans. We have some. But they're, they they got a lot of vitamins in them. So it's good stuff. And we will eat them. We do eat them. We do eat them. Uh, we don't really like them that much, <laughs> but we do eat them. Um, stuff like that. You know, just and, and make sure you put in a rotation system, even if it's nothing more than than pushing the old cans to the front of the cabinet. So, the other um, related sure. idea that makes it all hat no cattle is some people get so fixed on the idea of the big disaster, what in the prepping community is called Tiatwaki. The, the end, end of the world. As we know it. Da, 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 da. Also... Uh, since we're a G-rated podcast, we try to keep things G-rated. We can't really use the full definition for the next one, but the S-H-T-F. The stuff hit the fan. The stuff hit the fan <laughs> yeah. situation. And, of course, the other favorite acronym that people love to throw around is W-R-O-L, without rule of law. Yeah. That's not what you're going to see most of. It's not what you're most likely to see. So, and it is such a daunting thing to prep for that you can spend a lot of time thinking about it and then not be ready for, well, anything, because you were busy perfecting your plan in the meantime. Right. Now, and, and another thing that, uh, that pops up, if you concentrate on Tiawaki, W-R-O-L, is that you, your outlook tends to get a little whacked, and you lose focus on the good preps that you could be doing to try and concentrate on these really big things that are only going to come into play in a Tiatwaki situation. I mean, I've been on forums, and I go to a lot of prepping I've been on forums, and I've seen the, the debates where people who don't have a month's worth of food in their family are arguing about Tiatwaki barter items. Whoa! Stop! Or, or where they're going to put up observation and listening posts for their compound when they don't have a compound or anything to put in a compound. or Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at people who talk about going out and doing neighborhood defense, and they don't even have a good water filter. Or know the names of their neighbors, for that or matter. Or know the names of their neighbors, for that matter. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a lot of what we're talking about in being all hat, no cattle, 
is putting the cart before the horse. It's another old expression, but you know, don't put the heart, the cart before the horse. And I'm going to use another one too. Don't let the tail wag the dog. This is something that you know, I, I have got enough firearms for us <laughs> to be secure. Okay, I've got enough ammunition for us to be secure. And by us, I mean my entire town. Let's yeah. be clear. I mean, um, but we had the home defense covered a long time ago because like Salty guns. likes guns and like likes guns. lots of kinds of guns. I like guns. What can I say? I like guns. And I like a smaller number of guns, but I do enjoy shooting. Yeah, so. And we do have plenty of ammo on hand. That's not a problem. Um, so so that, that's what I'm talking about. But what what I had to do was I had to physically say, okay, I have enough guns. I need to stop. I need to go ahead and, and just decommit from spending money on guns. Let's spend that money on the place. Let's spend that money on um, bandages. Let's spend that money on education. Let's spend that money on developing infrastructure on both of our properties, planting trees, planting. Because, yeah, the work we can put in, but the trees aren't free. You have to buy them. Uh, so this is, a, this is a struggle that I personally had. And the reason we get into that is it's a heck of a lot more fun to buy guns than to dig holes for trees. Oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's more fun to talk about. I mean, look at, you can even look at the stats we've got on our website. Well, you can't, but I can. And you can look at the stats on our website, and you can see people love to talk about guns. Anything yeah. gun-related has much higher, much higher uh, hit rate and views than anything else. I, I write about stuff that I consider really important and have found really useful, like the uh, tippy-tap thing for, for washing your hands with a limited amount of water and, and maintaining good hygiene. And as a public health measure, that is the single best thing you could probably do for a place where you don't have full services is have a good, efficient, easy-to-use way that people will actually use to keep their hands clean near where you prep the food. Public health, hugely important. But it's not exciting, so it doesn't get as many hits, it doesn't get as many comments as, well, anything about the gun reviews. And that's going to segue into something else we have on our list. Um, she's got, she's talking about the tippy tap. This is a perfect example. The tippy tap is useful in a short-term grid down situation. It's useful in a short-term hygiene emergency situation. The water goes away for a while. It's useful in... Every emergency that comes up where water is limited from just a couple-a-day event all the way to Teotihuacan. Heck, so a 24-hour boil order, which we've had at our house several times in the years we've been living there, up to Teotihuacan, you can use the tippy-tap. You can use something. You know, we, we've got a review on the Kelly Kettle on our website. Really good review. You should oh, check I it out. That thing. It's perfect. You can use that for a boil order. We're like what we're talking about. If if the electricity's out and you don't have uh, 
propane, or you don't want to. I used it during an ice storm this winter when our power went out for twelve hours. Exactly. I use it at the place fifty or a hundred times a year when I want hot tea in the morning. So it's useful all the time, but it's also a long-term prep. This is what we're talking about. You, you, the, you may want to have this big, huge, elaborate propane-powered super kitchen outdoors, fully self-contained. But, you know, that's great. But the good is the Kelly Kettle. So start with a Kelly Kettle. And later on, if time and energy permits and you want to go... Buy a bigger herd? Absolutely buy a bigger herd, but have a cow to start with. That's right. Every herd starts with one cow. So, you know, go right ahead. It's Ah. about priorities. You expand your vision from beyond the things that are big and dramatic and draw our attention and are easy to talk about to things that you want to be prepared for, even if they're not big and dramatic and exciting and easy to talk about. It is so much nicer when the small to medium size problems come along. To have these preps around and handy and know how to use them, it just removes all the stress. It removes the drama. You're happy. Life goes on. And you've improved the quality of your life. And if something big and dramatic does happen, great. They'll be useful then, too. So you start small, and you build. Rather than thinking about the perfect palace of Fort Solitude and not getting anything built. Cool. What else you got on that list there? Understand your weaknesses. Understand your weaknesses. This is a key. This is, I've got a perfect example of understanding my weaknesses. uh, Because I had this come up. And as silly as this sounds... Because of the way that it uh, came about, it really is a good example of what I'm talking about. And I'll quit blathering and get to it. A couple of years ago, I, I guess it's been a couple of years now, uh, if you can remember, there was a big, huge scare about Ebola, the Ebola virus over in Africa, big outbreak. Uh, they brought somebody back to the U.S. and one of our care workers, because of some idiotic procedures done at the hospital, caught Ebola. And it was spreading. And it scared the snot out of a lot of people. Now, I happen to live with a scientist, okay? (laughs) I live with somebody who does uh, the study and teaching about and learning about study of diseases for a living. This is what she does. Kind of my wheelhouse. She, yeah, this is her wheelhouse. And how worried were you about Ebola? Zero. Zero. I mean, not even, not even hardly zero. I am 500 <laughs> times more likely to get killed by somebody texting while driving than I am by Ebola. Actually, probably even higher than that. Well, yeah. But, so. you know, I just had to make up a number off the top of my head, and I felt pretty <laughs> comfortable with that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, you know, Ebola is, is nothing. I mean, it's obviously a horrible disease over there, but, you know, it's for what? something for Americans to worry about, this is just off the charts. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because what I 
started thinking about wasn't Ebola. It was, okay, well, what have I got done to prep for a contagious disease? something we could really, really actually need to worry about, like the flu. Huh. Very little. How much isolation gear do we have? Huh. Virtually none. Can Unless we... you count the place, which is a highly effective isolation gear in that you drive to it and you are isolated. Yes. Now, you know, obviously it's it's all a matter of uh, perspectives and the way that uh, where you live and how exposed you are and stuff like that but I just got to thinking you know we're like we're if a flu pandemic which is something that is actually I believe worth paying serious attention to yeah that one's a real risk you know because we you know we've had people recently in the last what hundred years you know 1918 pandemic was hideous it was horrible and you know a repeat of that is not our preps for dealing with somebody who had the flu were pitiful and we had to fix that so i went out and i'm buying preps for isolation gear my masks i'm buying uh the uh, face protector shields i'm buying gloves, I'm buying uh, biohazard hazmat suits, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Because my thought was, if I'm going to do it, let's get it done, and let's get it done right. I had I had some money at the time. It didn't really cost a whole lot of money. But on the outside looking in, it looked like I was a guy that was panicking about Ebola. Because a lot of people were. But I wasn't. It had nothing to do with Ebola. But what it did was it triggered in a realization that we had a complete serious hole in our preps. And it was a big time hole. And honestly, the motivation for that, as I recall, wasn't entirely about us. It was mostly about, you know, I bet nobody in this whole town has isolation suits. Ah, If somebody in the uh, walked into the local clinic with a problem like that, last place you want to go if you don't have to in the middle of a infectious disease epidemic is a hospital because they're great places to catch diseases. So probably no suitable isolation materials anywhere in town. So even though we personally are unlikely to need them, we'll get them. We'll stick them in a box. We've got a place to put them. They'll be here. And they might do somebody some real good at some point. And In a situation that's actually plausible. These are something that will last 30, 40 years. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So we got them. And we bought them in sizes big enough to fit anybody. And then a size that big enough to fit a normal sized person. So, you know, this is nothing. These things are not something you'd wear out of comfort and <laughs> style and fashion. They're hideous to wear. But we have them. And I don't recommend necessarily people who are starting out prepping go out and do this. This is a more advanced prep, but you do want to go ahead and pick up some some uh, of the basic anti-flu stuff, like plenty of soap. You want soap, 
You want hot water. You want to wash your hands. 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 Single best defense. A mask is great, but pay attention to how you wear it. Know how they work and wash your hands. Masks are not terribly useful to avoid picking up those kinds of diseases. But if you have symptoms and you have to be around people, be a civilized, decent human being and wear a mask because it greatly reduces your risk of transmitting the disease to other people. The, The number one thing you can do, though, is wash your hands. If you want to check out something, look up the Mythbusters Runny Nose episode on YouTube. It's hilarious. But it'll give you an idea of how important it is to keep your hands clean. And if Adam had been wearing a mask, he wouldn't have spread those germs anywhere. So, there you go. That was just an example of what we were talking about. Know your deficiencies. Yeah, And keep in mind what you're physically able to do. Now, you may think you're a super prepper, super ninja. And you may be, I don't know, you may be a super prepper, super ninja. I am not. I am not getting into a running gunfight with the zombie mutant bikers, (laughs) because I can't. I can't run with a gun in a gunfight with zombie mutant bikers. I can't do it. I'm not physically able to, you know, sprint at full speed for four miles shooting behind me as I run. Fortunately, the probability of needing that's pretty dang low, too. Yeah, well, true. But you don't set up your situations to play to your own weaknesses. No, you put... Is the idea there. You set up your situations to mask your weaknesses. But you need to know what they are. And you need to be honest about it. For example, if we had to supply a whole lot of our own food, our supply of physical labor would be limited. I do pretty good for a 120-pound, 50-plus-year-old woman, but that's for a 120-pound, 50-year-old-plus woman. So it's not an awesome amount of physical labor I can provide there. So what do I do about it? I set up uh, permaculture stuff instead because most of the hard work is on the front end, and you get a lot of gain from it long-term without having to expect to provide the labor I know I couldn't provide to do, like, wheat or something like that. I'll trade them fruit for wheat. You know, you wouldn't think about it. But what she did last weekend was plant three pear trees. That's cattle. That's prepper cattle. Because those three pear trees can feed us for years. And a cherry and two honeysuckles. And a cherry and two honeysuckles. Uh, and they don't, so, you know, and you're getting fruit at different times of the, of the year. And every bit of that can be dehydrated or canned. In, a, in fact, the pears can in water bath canning, which is much easier to do. You can do it with fire in a big pot instead of needing a pressure canner for it. Which is good in a survival situation. And you can do it without sugar, which might be hard to get. If it were a Tiatwaki kind of situation. But again, we don't prep for Tiatwaki. We prep for things that would be good should Tiatwaki occur. But will be useful in and of their own right in the much shorter term and in many more situations. 
Exactly. We don't have the time and energy to spend prepping for extremely low probability events. But there's nothing wrong with keeping an eye on those while we deal with situations we're much more likely to have to handle. Right. Okay, what's next on your list? The 3BY. Keep your priorities straight. There is not a... It's not an accident that we chose beans, bullets, bandages, and you as our project title. Because those are the four most important parts of it. Now, so many times you will hear beads, bullets, bandages, or band-aids. People use band-aids. We didn't use band-aids because band-aid is a brand name, and obviously you can't do that. So we use beans, bullets, bandages. But very rarely, in fact, I think I'm, if you Google us, the and you is all us. But that is a key element that is not talked about enough. Beans, it's obvious. You do need to have food to feed your family in an emergency situation. This is not, I, everybody knows this. Bullets? Not everybody will agree, but I think anybody listening to this podcast agrees that it is important to be able to protect yourself. Whether law enforcement is around or no, you just need to be able to protect yourself because they're not going to be there when you need them a lot of the time. Even in a world with rule of law, they're not going to be there when you need them all the time. So bullets is important, are important to protect your family. Yeah. Owning weapons most importantly, knowing how to use the weapons you own, owning, owning an adequate amount, and I'll let you decide how much that is, an adequate amount of ammunition to protect yourself and your family. And, of course, above all else, weapon safety. Because if you're not safe, you're just gonna, this is a really bad way to, to kill yourself, is accidentally with a gunner. Yeah. So, so that's beans, that's bullets, bandages. So, sidebar. 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 If you disagree and you don't think that's a real risk and don't want to prep for it, fine. We welcome you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot of situations you can prep for without thinking that you need to go there at all. I would, however, advise you to look into a lot of the non-lethal options that you have, whether that be tear gas, whether that be electronic countermeasures. Seriously, air horns. Air horns are... I mean, they're very effective as self-defense tool. You know, if you want to depend on others for your safety, you need to be able to get a hold of those others in a, in a situation. An air horn will do it. Okay. Just, just as an example. I just didn't want people to feel unwelcome if they disagreed with Absolutely. us on that point. Sidebar over. We do have some people who don't think bullets are that big of a deal. Sure. Bandages. Bandages. Uh, we're going to do episodes on bandages uh, you know at a minimum what you need i'm not going to go into really bandages today because it really does deserve its own but i will say at a minimum what you need to have at on you or around you at all time is one critically important thing and that's a way to stop bleeding because very little else will kill you that you can fix personally but Bleeding out is a real problem. And so just have a way handy to stop bleeding and know how to do it. 
But there's also a lot more that you can do in bandages. We'll get into bandages. We can go through our medical kit. I've got a lot of uh, bandages stuff coming up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our medical kit is like a mobile hospital, to be honest with you. But we know how to use every bit of it, with the exception of the inhale, the, the airway thingies we need to learn. I actually do know how to do that. I just uh, wouldn't want to practice on anybody I cared about. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, but we do carry airways in our in our big kit. But um, anyway, so that's the bandage. Now the last part is the U. This is the key. U means knowledge. It's your skills, what you can do. And this is something we all we're all working on all the time. That's part of what we're doing with this podcast is we're and deep, sharing what we learn and learning from others. And deeply underserved in traditional prepping and prepping forums I've been, books I've read, uh, basically podcasts I've listened to, the information that's out there on prepping. I've always thought that personal skill development has been deeply underserved. There's not as much profit to be made from it, so the sellers aren't pushing it. And it's time-consuming and, to an extent, unglamorous. I think what she just said is so key. You, you, they can't make money off of it. If people sell and spend their time with products because they can make money with them, they're fun, they're sexy, they're, they're you know, people enjoy playing with gadgets. But gadgets won't save your life nearly as much as what you have between your ears, Will. Which brings me to the other element of you I wanted to bring up. Mindset. Uh, having in mind what you'll do, having plans, being able to cope with tr- stress, learning what your personal abilities are to handle stress- stressful situations, to not fall into bad patterns of thinking when you're under stressful situations, uh, doing risk assessment so you're prepping for things that you'll probably actually need instead of fixating on one or two big dramatic things that have caught your attention. Mindset is a big hairy deal. A lot of people don't understand the different types of thinking. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do a podcast on just that because it's really important to to get your mind straight in a disaster situation, or whether it be a, a big Tiatwaki type deal, or just a personal disaster like a a car accident or a you know fire, it's keeping your mind straight is key. So we'll come back to that too. We're divers. We know panic kills. Yeah, panic kills. We're divers. Absolutely. Emergencies don't kill you. Panic kills you. As long as you know, as long as you keep your head, unless you're in a highly, highly, highly technical situation, you will get out of it fine. If you're a diver, um, sometimes if you you can put yourself into a bad situation, if it's technical diving that you can't get out of. For example, if you're three thousand feet back into a cave, rumble strip, um, and you don't have enough air to get out, that's just a bad thing. That's just a bad thing. Um, it's kind of like the old old cave diving joke. If at first you don't succeed, then cave diving is not for you. So, and it's it's only it's it's funny, but it's not since we you know both of us know people who have 
you know, died doing it. Uh, but they didn't die uh, because they panicked. They died because they well, did something stupid, to be honest with you. Uh, and so you got to keep your mind straight. You got to not do stupid stuff that'll get you killed. You got to take. You got to understand risk management. Even if you're the best in the world, and, and one of my friends who died diving in a cave was one of the best. She was amazing. She was my mentor, um, in a way. And but she did something. She did the old uh, scraping she, the edge of the impossible. Yeah. And she found the edge. She found the edge the hard way. So don't do that. But it's important to know that. To do anything we're talking about, we're not talking about scraping the edge. We're talking about staying right in the pocket, doing things that... Uh, Expanding your comfort zone rather than getting out of your comfort zone and, and trying to wing it on things where winging it is not a successful strategy. Right. So, anyway, now that I'm all depressed thinking about her, <laughs> is, <laughs> is there anything else on your list for this podcast? That was the list. That was the list. So we're going to leave it at that. Hope you enjoy it. We've got, got a bunch more podcasts to come. May, you, may your herd grow large, productive, and sleek. And if you don't have a large, productive, and sleek herd, maybe you have a cow, maybe you just have a calf, just put on the hat that fits you. Just get yourself a heifer and start feeding her. Get yourself a heifer and a ball cap. <laughs> That 10-gallon hat can come later. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave it there. I'm Salty. And I'm Spice. You have a good day.